Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Gen Newsweek, your weekly podcast for all things Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, and surprisingly, maybe a Nintendo Switch 2, or Next Gen Nintendo Switch, whatever you want to call it. My name's Mitch. I'm joined tonight with Michael. Howdy. And Richard. Hey. Hello, Richard. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we actually have quite a bit of news to talk about today. A bunch of little small stuff and a couple of big things. So we'll go ahead and just uh, jump right into it uh, with some Xbox-related news going with Battletoads. This game has been announced several years ago now, and uh, it finally got a release date of August 20th. It's coming out on Xbox and on Steam. So we'll start with Richard. Do you have any uh, thoughts about Battletoads? It's something you're going to pick up, maybe? I'm amped. I'm definitely going to grab it. You know, I'm I'm from the generation. We had the original Battletoads, and that was like the, the original Rage Quit machine was the original Battletoads with the some levels had these little carts that you just had to have your your action time is just inhuman to be able to get past it and it was damn near impossible but for some reason it was awesome so yeah i'm i'm curious if i mean i don't think it'll be that level of difficulty but i'm i'm hoping that maybe there's a setting to where you maybe like original mode or something that'll make it that hard but yeah I, you know it looks beautiful um I've been playing that 20XX, which is kind of like um, in the absence of Mega Man, they made that. And it has the same style of graphics, too. Everything looks kind of hand-drawn. So I love that cartoon, uh, blah, blah, cartoony look to it. So, yeah, I'm definitely amped. I'll be picking it up. Would you say that Demon Souls is the Battletoads of the Dark Souls series? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do that. <laughs> Battletoads so everybody compares like a, the Dark like Souls to everything? It's still a beat 'em up, but I mean, it's uh, it's definitely it'll piss you off more than Double Dragon ever will. Oh dang! What about you, Michael? Any uh, thoughts about Battletoads? I I have to play Devil's Advocate on this. I actually like as much as I like the hand drawn quality of it. It looks very much like a like a Flash or a HTML game. And so, and maybe that was just the cuts they did to the to the gameplay footage. But I'm hoping to see a little bit better gameplay out of it. I got you. I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, I didn't grow up playing Battletoads, but I did have an NES with Battletoads on it when I was a kid. I mean, I played it a little bit, but you know, like Richard said, game is hard as hell. There was uh, there was even a crossover, a Double Dragon Battletoads crossover. I can't remember if there that was. was for the original or for the Super Nintendo, though. Don't remember that. I never had a Super Nintendo. You get on a shame. I mean, that was fun too. It really was. Yeah. Uh, also, Konami has a new Castlevania game coming out, but it is not coming to your PlayStation or your Xbox or your Switch. It is coming to your iOS or Android device. It's called Castlevania Moonlight Rhapsody. It's going to be available. I know it's not. Unless you're in China, it'll be available to you. (laughs) It's not coming here. Oh, it's not? No, no. They're going to start testing in China by the end of... I mean, if it's going to China, you can always sideload the APK file. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's ways around it. You could probably download, like, there's a there's a Amazon emulator, not Amazon. What word am I looking for? There's an Android emulator, BlueStacks, that you can get. You may be able to play it that way, but... Yeah. That or you can download a VPN. 
Right. So, I don't know. It's, you know, I've never been the biggest Castlevania fan, but I love the Castlevania Anniversary Collection. Um, Not played all of them, but um, the time I have spent has been really fun. But, uh, you know, the, what is the, the one that came out last year, Grimoire of Souls, that they're already canceling it to make room for this one. So it makes me think they're going to support this game for a year and they're going to drop another mobile game. Here's the thing now, Grimoire of Souls, I played it on Blue Stacks, and I can say that, I mean, it, it's really fun, it's awesome, but, and I think, um, I don't know, I may have read an article that kind of touched on this too, The there, there's no there's no reason to ever pay for anything, where, you know, you play some mobile games, and you can get to a point to where, you know, if you really grind it out, you can still kind of get where you need to be, but, you know, they kind of paint you in a corner where you're going to have to pay at least some to really progress. That system was not set up well in uh, the Grimoire game. Like you could literally have an awesome character and not spend a penny. Hmm. So I think the, that system was broken. You know, if they were to mass release that, they, they really wouldn't make any kind of money off of it. So I don't know if maybe they're, if they realize that and they're going to try a different route, because I looked at the gameplay, the gameplay between the two games looks pretty similar. So maybe they're trying a different mechanic as far as getting people to pay somewhat, which I don't know. You know, I can't get excited for a mobile game. I really can't. Yeah, it's it's so hard to. Like, I think the, well, the last mobile game I ever spent money on, like, to buy it even, was Super Mario Run. And that's because I felt like I was implied to because it was Nintendo's first mobile game. Now, I mean, I, I, granted, I mean, I've spent maybe $5 on Pokeballs and Pokemon Go, but like as far as like fully supporting a game by paying for it, it was Super Mario Run. I just don't play games on mobile. If I do, I'm playing emulators of Game Boy games. Like it's just, this is not my area of yeah. games on it. Yeah, I just, I don't like mobile games either. I really don't. And I mean, you got like, I mean, I really like Fallout Shelter. But I mean, oh, Fallout, yeah, I forgot about Fallout Shelter went console though. You know, you can play that on the Switch, PS4, your phone, anywhere. I remember when I found out how to move my Android save to PC, and I was just the happiest person alive. There was like a really like a backdoor way of just importing your save in, and I was like, "You mean I don't have to play this on my phone anymore? This is awesome!" <laughs> and you know, and maybe it won't go this route, but if you think, you know, Fallout Shelter, you know, it was a mobile game that went to the platforms and then you had the elder scrolls game that started out on phone and now it's on the switch you know maybe maybe these castlevania games may end up on the switch depending on popularity and i mean it would definitely open them up for more revenues because you're adding another audience by doing that but uh, who knows yeah, the, I think the only mobile game I think I could ever really get into is whenever Slay the Spire comes out on mobile. Well, it's already on iPhone right now, but um, I've been waiting for that game to come out on Android because I feel like I could put way more time into that game. But then again, I feel like my phone battery is always going to be dead <laughs> from playing it constantly. And that's the that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm playing a game on my PC, you know, my Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, whatever. Well, Switch is kind of like in the middle. But, like, I don't have to worry about draining my phone battery. Like, you know, I don't have to worry about, am I going to have enough battery to listen to music on the way home or if I have to get an emergency phone call or something. Like, you know, I don't have to worry about all that stuff. It's just, like, my phone is my phone with a camera on it, not, like, my 
game device, I guess. Oh, what you could do is get like eight external batteries and plug them all into different chargers in the break room. <laughs> I feel I know who you're calling out, and yeah. <laughs> um, if you if you work with us, you know who we're talking about. <laughs> uh, I actually do play quite a few mobile games. As far as like mobile gaming, I will say, I mean, if you look at the statistics on your battery, the biggest draw on your battery is actually the screen. So if you can bear to, I'd say the smart thing for mobile gaming is to turn down your brightness. Um, but I mean, beyond that, you know, just charge it whenever you want to. Um, that and if you have a, depending on what kind of phone you have, like I have a Galaxy Note 10 and my phone actually has adaptive uh, display on it where I can actually lower the resolution depending on what I'm trying to do. So that also would help save battery, I guess. Yeah, like whatever you can do. Um, if it if it requires internet connection, you know you're stuck with that. But otherwise, you can turn off your mobile connection or Bluetooth or whatever you're doing. Um, little little small things like that. I will say for um, uh, Moonlight Rhapsody, though, um, I'm hoping that some of that beta testing uh, creates a little bit more enemy diversity. I really only saw like one aerial enemy. And there wasn't as much movement as you might see in a normal Castlevania game. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. graphically, it looks great. Yeah, I like the... I, did, I don't know if every like modern Castlevania has it, but when it's got like the little combo counter at the top of it, I actually kind of like that. I don't know if that's something that's just unique to this game or not, because like I said, it's... Makes you think of Smash. <laughs> no, Smash doesn't have a combo counter. Unless you're oh, does it not? Would you cream yeah. yourself if it did? No, because I don't care. I know what my I know how many hits my combos are gonna do. because I've been in the lab looking at it. <laughs> That's crazy. I swear I thought I thought Smash had a combo counter. It does when you're in training mode. Oh. Um, well, to not get on a Smash tangent, let's get on another <laughs> tangent uh about a game that neither one of you play called Halo. Uh so <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so last week when we talked about Halo, we were talking about the graphics uh, of the game because Halo Infinite had its big reveal. People were upset with the graphics. Since then, uh, 343 has come out and said, look, guys, it's a development version of this game. It's not going to look this bad. They did, however, say that um, the ray tracing is not going to be available at launch. I can't remember if we talked about that last week or not. But the ray tracing is going to be coming later. Um, but they also showed that Halo Infinite is going to have free multiplayer on uh, Xbox Series X, and I assume that also means PC. Uh, but the multiplayer is also going to uh, support 120 FPS, which means it's probably not going to be 4K. It's probably going to be 1080p, 120, which, I mean, who cares about resolution when you're playing multiplayer? But um, do you guys like... I mean, I know neither one of you are Halo players, but do you like that this game, which is like the big launch title for the Series X, is going to have free-to-play multiplayer? I think that's great for the series, honestly. Now, um, I think it's great for people that are going to buy that system. I mean, it's definitely a perk. Because it's free-to-play or free with Game Pass? Free-to-play. It is not, now you you have Game Pass, you get the campaign with it, but if you're not a Game Pass subscriber, you, you still get, get the multi you gotcha. get the multiplayer, but you still have to pay for the campaign, which is going to be sixty dollars. I think a lot of people are going to be okay with that. I mean, a lot of people are switching to more multiplayer games, you know, 
So yeah, I mean, uh, that's how, to... exactly how Fortnite is. Fortnite, you have to pay for the campaign. So I think they're just. I think Microsoft is moving with the times. Could be a way to like advertising too. You know, you play the the multiplayer, and it might even encourage you to pick up the campaign if you wouldn't ordinarily do it. Yeah, the one thing that's gotten everybody's attention about this though is that so they're saying you don't have to have Game Pass to play it. They're also not saying you have to have Xbox Live Gold because it's free to play. So the way that this works now with the Xbox One, at least. Say we'll take Fortnite for example. If you play Fortnite on PlayStation or on PC or on Switch, you don't have to subscribe to their online services to play the game. But on Xbox, you have to subscribe to Xbox Live Gold to play Fortnite online, even though it's a free game. So everyone is starting to believe that Xbox Live Gold may be going away if they're making Halo Infinite completely free to play. With so everyone's kind of this like what's going to happen with Xbox Live Gold because similar to like PlayStation Plus, you get like two to four games free every month. So is that going to like just mold into Game Pass where they're just going to add those four games to Game Pass every month instead of giving them out for free or just whatever's going to happen with it? But it's just weird because Xbox Live Gold was the first paid membership to come out because you know, it came out before PlayStation Plus did on the PS3. So it's just like, if this goes away, is that going to like do something to where Sony might consider, if not getting rid of PlayStation Plus, this like lowering the price of it? I think gold's going away, and it's just my my gut feeling. It just makes sense because I mean, if you're gonna, already going to bundle it with Game Pass, I mean, why not just get rid of the service as a standalone thing? Yeah, no, I mean, like I, I say, it's going away. What I mean by that is I think it is going to be a, a combo because there's already that combo where you get, get gold and pass yep. together. It's like 14 bucks a month. I think they're just going to lean more towards that because then, you know, it doesn't, the, the whole, you know, two games a month that are free or whatever. I mean, you have pass, so that doesn't really factor into it anymore because you're getting so much more well, than Microsoft just Microsoft has already removed all the options to purchase 12-month subscriptions of, of Xbox Live Gold. Right. Yeah, and like you also brought up uh, earlier, Michael, that they've rebranded Game Pass now to where it's like, it's not called Xbox Game Pass anymore. It's just called Game Pass, which makes it like, um, it's going to be like, because, you know, it's a service that's not just on Xbox anymore. It, it's, right. Um, because I think if they bundle it together, it makes it to where like, okay, you have Game Pass. Well, you see, you're playing it on PC, so they're not going to call it Xbox PC Game Pass. They're not going to call it Xbox Mobile Game Pass. It's just all one thing for $15 a month. And I kind of like that marketing approach with it. Because, I mean, you're still playing. I mean, Game Pass is just its own thing where you don't have to call it Xbox. It's just if you say Game Pass, you know what they're talking about. I don't know. It's going to be kind of exciting. The, see how this goes. I mean, I can see the difference on wanting to charge different pricing tiers for each one. But, I mean, a lot of subscription services, I mean, like for video streaming, for example, I mean, you can, you buy the service and you can stream it on whatever device you have. I think it should be the same way for, you know, a Game Pass. If they want to have it on PC, it should still cost the same. Well, that's kind of what it is, because right now, uh, Xbox PC Game Pass, I want to say it's only 5 or $10 a month. 
but you also don't have to have gold to play on PC online. So, oh, okay. but if you play on Xbox, there you can just get Game Pass. But if you wanted to play multiplayer, you have to pay the extra five dollars for the um, Xbox Live subscription. Yeah, also, yeah. So other than Halo Infinite, there was some other Halo news. Um, if you are a Ma- Halo Master Chief Collection player, uh, they have a lot of new updates coming out. Obviously, we're still waiting for Halo 3 ODST's campaign and all of Halo 4 to show up, which are supposed to be out by the end of the year. Uh, but they did a development article today. The Master Chief Collection is going to finally get crossplay between PC and Xbox. And that also includes the Steam version as well, not just the Xbox version. And they're moving to input-based matchmaking, which if you are someone who plays games that are cross-play right now, you'll be familiar with that term, which pretty much means that if you play on mouse and keyboard, you'll be paired with other mouse and keyboard players. And if you play on play with a controller, you'll be paired with uh, people who also play with a controller. Or if you have on your team a mix, then you'll be paired against a mix of it. And also, uh, mouse and keyboard support is coming to the Xbox One version of the game. I know you guys, again, not big Halo players, but um, do you think that going forward that games on consoles should launch with mouse and keyboard support? Is that something that you'd like to see like on the next first generation of systems like at launch with these games? Nope. No. I don't necessarily <laughs> think it should be a launch um goal but it would take away the whole market from other developers who are making adapters for the keyboard and mouse inputs well why wouldn't you why wouldn't you just play i mean you might not have the money for it you know it's uh, it's a lot easier to jump into console gaming you don't have to do updates or find updates but wait a minute though if if so if you don't have the money for it, you're probably not a PC gamer to begin with, so you wouldn't have that allure for a keyboard and mouse. Well, I mean, there's a... I don't know. You make a good point. You both make good points on it. I don't know. Um, I think it's kind of like maybe if you have friends that play mouse and keyboard and you know, you've been exposed to it and they tell you how good it is and now you're, the game that you guys always play has mouse and keyboard support, you might want to give it a try and maybe good at it. I can't or, attest to it because I play PC games with a controller. Yeah, you got that crowd. They always they always talk about how you can be so much better at like say yeah. first person shooters. Or I mean, like titles that are uh, cross play. Like I can't play Fortnite with a with a keyboard. I got I got to use a controller on my PC. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like when so like right now th- this my friends we play uh, Master Chief Collection right now on PC. And I'm the only one who plays with a controller. The rest of them play with mouse and keyboard. And so right now there isn't input-based matchmaking. So we may get paired up with a team of people playing PC that um, are only using mouse and keyboard. And I can get like destroyed bad uh, with that. But the only thing is that like, if you're playing with a controller, you get auto aim assist, which makes it easier to aim with than using a mouse. So, I mean, it kind of evens itself out, but if they're going to full input-based matchmaking, that's probably not going to be the case anymore. <laughs> so, I don't... Uh, it's going to be it's gonna be kind of exciting to see how this goes, but I think this... They didn't put an exact date on it, but just by the end of 2020, this is going to be a thing. 
But I also wonder if that means that Halo Infinite's going to have crossplay multiplayer whenever it comes out, like they're getting the system ready for it now. So whenever it comes out, it just has that available. All right, and we're going to jump to Konami again with a little bit of a bigger topic, more up Richard's alley, I guess, because um, he really likes Silent Hill. But um, everyone has been kind of assuming that a new Silent Hill game is in development for the PlayStation 5. And this is actually kind of funny. Um, Konami tweeted out on the 31st that um, they they tweeted out something about Silent Hill and it got everybody thinking that there was a new Silent Hill game coming or like a renouncement. And apparently they don't have anything to announce, but they just uh, really pissed off the entire community over it saying, uh, we're sorry we got people fired up and anything official would come from uh, the official Silent Hill Twitter account or an event and not for us. But we're sorry just being fans and enjoyed the noise and memories of Silent Hill. Sorry, everyone. And they meant to say didn't mean to kill your Friday mood, but, mood, but they totally put sorry everyone did mean to kill your Friday mood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those poor people. Um, do you think, Richard, that sometime this year we're going to get a Silent Hill announcement for PS5? No. I, I think the whole thing is odd, though. You know, they they did what they did, and it got people's hopes up. And, I mean, you can... You can say that, you know, you can buy their logic, but then on that same token, it's like, you know, but they didn't realize what that would do if they did something like that. And then the fact that they even acknowledged that they got people fired up, like, I don't understand, like, hell, just let them be hyped. I mean, that's not really hurting anybody. Uh, I just, I don't know. The whole thing I don't is very know, because if Nintendo tweets out a, image of mario's boot or something everybody's like oh my god there's a nintendo direct coming so i mean it's like you you gotta temper expectations well yeah i guess it is the season but hey you know there was a story about how konami had done a lot of hiring about a year back for a game that was in development and i think i said this on another podcast that you know if, if that is indeed the silent hill then you're only looking at maybe about a year's worth of development so far. So you take your average game is going to be about three to five years. You know, we're, we're a long ways off from an announcement for a silent Hill. So I, I think people need to calm down. Cause I just, you know, we would have heard about it. if it was They could do something where they like, um, and I tease it in advance or something like, I mean, most, most PlayStation first-party IP games, like if you look back at The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima, they were teased like four or five years ago before they finally came out because Sony used to have this big problem of doing that. And it's... Well, yeah. I'm glad I mean, that, you know, point. I think for the most part, they've learned. And I know Nintendo, for the most part, kind of learned, and hopefully Xbox has too. Or they don't, they don't announce these games years in advance unless it's like some big hype thing that they know everyone's going to get everyone riled up, like The Last of Us Two. Like everyone, you know, Naughty Dog has a really good track record of you know presenting these awesome games. So like if they tease it four years in advance, they know everyone's going to be excited for it. But I don't I don't know if uh, I mean I personally am not the biggest Silent Hill fan, so it's like I don't know if they if they were to do that if it would get everyone hyped up, or they would 
think that it would be something kind of like the same vein as them dropping that PT demo that had everyone's hype for that uh, Norman Reedus, Hideo Kojima, Silent Hills game that never came out. So they may be a little burnt out from doing a... Um, well, I but that that pissed people off too, and that was just a that was a bad thing altogether. Because it to me that whole story, it felt like there was bad blood to begin with. So I don't even know why you would allow something to go so long with someone that you would see as toxic, with you know the relationship between Konami and Hideo Kojima. So I don't know. That was just that was an odd situation to me when. Because I can't even remember if he left, he left or if they actually fired him. I want to say that he yeah, left. They, okay, he yeah. left and he had to pretty much lose all of the IPs that he was known for, so he couldn't be on like uh, Silent Hill or yeah. Metal Gear Solid or anything else he had worked on. Because of uh, um, Guillermo del Toro was also tied yeah, to that so project he, so, as well. I think Kojima pretty much just took everyone that was working on that and threw them in Death Stranding instead. There's no. Which uh, that's a possible game that I could be playing coming yeah, up. It's on my pile. They took Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro that were both on the Silent Hills project and put them in that, and whoever else was in it. You know, my big problem with Death Stranding is it's a backpacking simulator. Nobody's talking about it now, so it can't be that damn good. It supposedly is not. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's supposedly just a giant backpacking simulator. Well, yeah, but you've got you've got two different camps though. You've got one camp that says you know it's groundbreaking and innovative, and then you get the other ground the other camp that says it's a backpacking simulator. So now we'll I'm see. not we'll I'm not going to talk bad about it because if I do that, I'm in the same camp as the people that were talking really bad about The Last of Us Two without playing it. So I'm just going to go off of what I've seen and say that it looks like a backpacking simulator, and it probably has way more depth to it than that. <laughs> it it could be either or. It could be either or. Right. It could have fanny packs. <laughs> it could have, fanny yeah. pack simulator. <laughs> All right. Uh, fanny pack simulator. <laughs> that sounds like something that's real. <laughs> it probably is on the Switch somewhere. To touch back on the, like, the Silent Hill and the Konami thing, um... A couple of years ago, there actually was a giant hiring boom for a lot of VR games. Uh, quite a few studios actually hired or split off like splinter groups from their normal development team and started hiring for a bunch of VR games. So maybe in like a year or so, we might see something. Well, on that note, Michael, thanks for the segue. We're going to jump to the news that there is a PlayStation State of Play announced for August 6th, this Thursday, uh, that, you know, we talked about how that was rumored last week, but now it's a real thing. But it's not going to talk about PlayStation 5 games. It's going to talk about PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR games. And, you know coming up on the end of the life cycle of the PS4, I don't know what they're going to announce. It's going to make people go, why is this a PS4 game? And why is this just coming to PlayStation 5? Because I remember whenever the Switch started having its own directs and they were throwing like 3DS games at the beginning of it, everybody was like, why is this just coming to Switch? So, uh, Richard, we'll start with you. Do you have anything? Looking at you, Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, look at, um, yeah, and, and <laughs> Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, whatever you were called. 
but uh, it seems odd. I don't, you know, because it's it's not supposed to have any kind of PS5 announcement. So, you know, I don't. If this is my thing, would would talking about how the PSVR works on the PS5? Do you think that would be considered a a big PS5 announcement? I think that the PlayStation VR is going to have its own special state of play. I don't think they're going to just, you know, hint at it in this. Now, they may say, like, oh, yeah, all your existing PSVR titles will work. Because we already know that the current PlayStation VR is going to work with the PS5. That's already been announced. So they may just, you know, retouch up on that. Like, don't worry. These games that we're showing off will be playable on PS5. Well, I don't think they're going to show off any new innovative technology as far as the VR goes. They're not going to show off like the controllers, like we talked about, new headset or about the camera or anything. I don't think any of that's going to be. I don't. I just don't think of. I can't think of any games that they could show off that would just make me go, "Wow, I'm so glad I stuck around and watched this." Because everything they show off is going to be. I mean, now technically everything they show off will play on PlayStation Five, or it may have a PS5 version. Maybe they show off like Ratchet and Clank or something, and it was like, hey, this will still play on your PlayStation 4. But I mean, I don't know. Michael, do you have any games to throw in there? Um, I mean, just kind of, I mean, stuff that just makes a little bit of common sense, I guess. But like, I mean, you're always going to have holdovers from last generation. Um, I mean, and I, and I used to be in that market. Like, there, to me, there was no real reason to have like the current gen system. When I still had plenty of games in my pile of shame. I mean, yeah, it's just I just don't see the appeal. I mean, I mean, I do. There's not going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to get a PS5 at launch. Uh, something we will talk about when we get to the poll poll later. I, it's just so, I don't know. It's just it's just weird. Like you know, when you're talking about like next generation systems like all we've heard this this whole year has been series x ps5 and now all of a sudden there's a playstation 4 state of play it's like everyone's they just want they're craving new ps5 especially whenever everyone was like oh my gosh there's going to be this big ps5 announcement uh state of play on august 6th and it's now it's a ps4 thing it's kind of like when everyone was like there's a nintendo direct on july 20th and now it's a partner showcase that's eight minutes long it's kind of like what <laughs> right yeah i don't that's I, i'm eager to see it just because i'm i'm eager to understand the point <laughs> yeah and you know what i could be completely wrong and there could be some cool game that i'm not thinking of that's like gonna blow me away maybe it comes out the same day and i'm like oh my gosh i'm so glad i watched this and i know about this game because i can't wait to play it however I think it's probably going to be something that's not going to, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about it on here, but I don't know. I just can't personally think of it. Maybe they're, maybe they're going to talk about some changes from their, like uh, their online services that are, are going to roll out with the PS4 and, you know, get kind of where they're gearing towards something new for the PS5. I'm not. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I mean that could be. I mean, I, I guess because that would that would affect the PS4. So yeah, they announce uh, PlayStation Play Pass, fifteen dollars a month comes with PlayStation Plus, <laughs> and yeah, 
and then you get to play all these first party PlayStation games. You know what though? That would totally like I would buy that day one if they did that because there's plenty of PS uh, PS4 games that I never bought that I would totally be interested in playing on that. I would just have to uninstall Modern Warfare again because I have no room on my hard drive. Thank you, Call of Duty, for that. Which also go on a quick tangent. Um, Activision is the only company so far that has not shown off any games this year. And um, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was leaked through a bag of Doritos at a Walmart. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, every year, you know, Call of Duty's got this deal with Doritos and Mountain Dew where they'll do it, like, double XP on the bags and on the bottles. And at some Walmart somewhere, I think it was a Walmart, there was a double XP token for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, but they haven't officially announced the game yet. And normally, Call of Duty games get announced in, like, May, and they'll, they'll show off the campaign in May, they show off the multiplayer at E3, and the game releases in, like, October and November. And we're already which, in August, and the game hasn't even been announced yet. Which kind of makes you think, how fresh were those Doritos? I bet those were the best damn burrito, uh, Doritos ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it came out before the game was even announced. Like, hey, XP tokens, uh, those were so fresh. <laughs> and the thing is, is that the um, the expiration date on the double XP, I think it said that the promotion ran from October 1st through the 31st, which was the same as last year when Modern Warfare came out. But the, the game came out on like the 26th, I think. And then they, uh, the promotion ended on the 31st. So I, if Black Ops is coming out, it's going to have to get announced sometime soon. Maybe, hey, maybe that's what gets announced in the state of play. Here's Call of Duty. It's coming out on both. Or it only comes out on PS4 because they couldn't get a PS5 version ready. Or time. Doritos comes out with their own game console. Yes. The Triangle. <laughs> What if they just took the triangle symbol on every PlayStation controller and just replaced it with a picture of a Dorito chip? And you can choose between <laughs> your system, Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'd buy one. Um, okay, so we have one more PlayStation thing, and I know I skipped over the Nintendo thing, but we'll come back to it. PlayStation 4 controllers will only be compatible with backwards compatible PS4 games on PlayStation 5 and will not be compatible with PlayStation 5 games. And Michael, I believe last week, didn't we talk about this and how you said you wish that your PS4 controllers would work on PlayStation 5? I mean, yeah. So you wouldn't have to buy new controllers again? I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, I totally said that. But yeah, my hopes are dashed. <laughs> well... To clap back at Sony, um, Xbox tweeted out as soon as that thing went, that article went live on IGN about how the Xbox One controllers will work on the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series X controller will work on the Xbox One. And all accessories will work too. So like any headsets you have, any like the chat pads, anything, it'll all work. So Michael, Chat pads understand. Yeah. I feel like the console wars are getting a little spicy, a little petty, because wasn't it just like last year they were like, oh, we're so happy together. We're like a family. We have cross-play. Look at these games you can all play across each, each little platform. Even Nintendo. 
we're a big old happy family. And now they're like, guess what you can't do? I can do it better. Well, you have to understand that, you know, Reggie fils of Nintendo, he retired. He was probably a part of that. Now he works for GameStop. And uh, the dude who's over Sony, who, who was at that conference thing, I think it was at the Game Awards where they all three stood on stage together. He no longer works for Sony. It's just Phil Spencer with Xbox. You know, and Xbox has always been that play with any one type of thing. They're the one who instigated the whole crossplay thing. So Sony, their new head up or head president of whatever is like, you know what? Screw that. And I don't know what Nintendo's strategy is. Try to survive. Because you know what? I usually <laughs> wait for my Nintendo consoles. Like I say, I, I used to wait. I used to be like that not early adopter type of person. And I would wait for my consoles to like on Black Friday, like go down like $50 more or whatever. And Nintendo's has not done that. So I'm glad I didn't wait for Nintendo to do that. Right. Plus, how are you going to like wait to play Breath of the Wild? Even if you weren't the biggest fan of it, everyone wanted to play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I guess I would wait a Breath of a while. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, without getting on a Zelda tangent for this episode, uh, Richard, which console has the better strategy? Is it Sony was saying you have to buy our new controller for our new system to play with it, or you can bring any controller you want that's made for our last gen or current gen system and can use it? I think that's a, that's a really personal question. <laughs> what I mean is, is like to me that it doesn't matter to me in the slightest. It honestly doesn't, but I know to some people it may, because my thing is, is all right, so I'm going to have a PS five. More than likely, I'm going to move my PS4 into another room. Um, I'm probably just going to pick up that extra controller anyway for the PS5 because I do like to play with my daughter. Um, but I'm not, I don't know. To me, there's no, I know some people see like what Microsoft did as like a zinger and that's like some kind of, you know, yeah, I am going to have to pay what, 60 more dollars to get a remote. But I I don't know. I think the I just, DualSense controllers are going to be eighty. Oh, they're going to be eighty. Well, eighty more bucks. I remember. But I just, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like you know, kind of more like a personal thing, I guess, because you know, like I I don't have anyone to play games with locally, right? I play games online with everybody. So it doesn't matter to me either. Yeah, way. you know, I don't think there's, I don't, you know, because local gaming, I mean, it's it's just not really big anymore. I mean, anytime I see anybody talking about local gaming on forums or something like that, it's always a parent-child type situation. Right. And I mean, there's just, there's a, not a whole lot of parent-child gaming out there outside of Nintendo. So. Yeah, and... The Switch, you know, it, I mean, technically it comes with two controllers in the box if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, if you think about, like, Sony and Microsoft, like, most of their games, you know, they're more single-player, they're more online multiplayer. Now, obviously, Halo is Xbox's, you know, big thing. So, and that's got four-player split-screen co-op for camp, well, two-player split-screen co-op for campaign before on uh, multiplayer. So, it makes sense to then to be like one well, also because that game's also cross gen between the current and next gen systems to be like, Hey, yeah, you can bring your controllers over, but it doesn't really matter to me to have an extra dual sense controller because I mean, 
if I buy a PlayStation 5, what am I going to play? Horizon Forbidden West, a single-player game. Spider-Man, maybe, which is a single-player game. It doesn't really make sense because the most multiplayer games I'd probably play are going to be like Jackbox Party Pack games, which just use your phone anyway. But, uh, Michael, what's your stance on this? Hopefully... And the new Breath of the Wild, you get to play a single uh, second player as Tingle. <laughs> you know, there are rumblings about them trying to implement. Well, I don't know if it's Breath of the Wild, but uh, or Breath of the Wild 2. But um, whatever the dude's name is. Oh, my gosh. The but I mean, like, even in Mario, you could you could the second player could control the hat. Yeah. But supposedly they were trying to implement multiplayer into Breath of the Wild and it didn't work. But now that Zelda is saved, what if there is multiplayer in Breath of the Wild 2 where one player plays as Link and the other one plays as Zelda? Here comes the Zelda tangent. I know, but... <laughs> I know. I just want to play as boy Zelda. It's fine. I know. You'll get your dream one day. <laughs> boy Zelda. <laughs> is that a... I know there's what? What is her name? Linkle? Linkle. Yeah. Is it Linkle? Yeah. The, the girl Link? Yeah. I've never heard of the boy Zelda. That's what, well, that's the thing, is that everybody calls Link Zelda. Oh, yeah, Zelda's yeah. Like no, never on the box art, it's always Link. So they're like, oh, that must be Zelda. But I, I think, you know, looking at the, the tweet from Xbox, you know, they're saying like, you know, the Elite controllers, any design for Xbox third-party controllers. But I think the one that makes the most sense, like even if they said you know, Xbox One controllers are not going to work on Xbox Series X. I would I would be shocked if the Xbox adaptive controller didn't work, which is, you know, the one that you plug all the different inputs in for people with disabilities, which I think is probably one of the most creative things that Xbox has ever come up with. I'm, I'm just, you know, for those particular players, I think that it's great that that kind of controller gets to be carried over to the next gen and you know, I'm what honestly if, surprised that PlayStation hasn't come up with something similar to it. What if they both came out and were like, you know what? Scrap those ideas. The only controller you can play on is the shitty rock candy wired controllers. <laughs> <laughs> Every Xbox Series X is bundled with a Kinect, and that is the only input device you can use. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would never buy an Xbox again if it only came with a Kinect, and that was it. Because Xbox One Connect, that was a that was a failure. Unless you just really loved Connect Disneyland Adventures, that was a failure. All right, and the last bit of news we got, we hate we get to talk for the first time on Next Gen Newsweek about a next generation Nintendo console. I know that I, this isn't in the notes because I forgot about it. Um, but we'll start with the first thing that broke about this was that a developer for some indie game. I can't remember what it was called. That's why I didn't really bring it up. <laughs> they had posted in the list of available consoles uh, that the game was going to come to. They blo- they listed a next generation Nintendo Switch in the listing for the, the games that it would come to. And that one little bit made me think, okay, well, they probably just, you know, put that in there because it can't run on the Switch. But if it they ever made another Switch, they would put it on there as long as it was more powerful. And then a couple of days later, a job listing came up at NVIDIA where they were looking for a senior embedded software engineer for the Tegra solutions, which Tegra is the type of chip set that the switch runs off of the Tegra X1 chip. 
Sager so uh, Solutions Engineering Team for work on, quote, a next generation graphics and AI technologies for gaming consoles and AI edge devices. This new engineer will work on solutions to use artificial intelligence and graphics technologies like NVIDIA's DLSS 2.0. And I know that sounds like a bunch of words mixed together that don't, some, that don't really make a lot of sense, but the big takeaway is the NVIDIA's DLSS 2.0 is a AI thing that pretty much helps games up-res their resolutions in like the, the games, pretty much. So like, imagine this new Switch is capable of taking like Breath of the Wild, which runs at 900p on um, when it's docked, 720 on handheld, and is able to use AI to upscale the game to up to like 4K. To make the game look better, so it's kind of like what the uh, the PlayStation Four Pro does, where it upscales to 4K instead of outputting native 4K. But right. um, it's it's it is kind of exciting that we're getting to a point to where the next generation Nintendo stuff is starting to pop up online. However, uh, the president of Nintendo. Uh, Shuntaro Furukawa said that there is no plans to release a next generation Switch in 2020. However, that may just be because they don't want to try to compete against the Series X and the PlayStation 5. And we may very well get an upgraded Switch next year or maybe in 2022. However, I would like to ask you both, uh, what are some things you would like to see in a next generation Nintendo Switch? So Richard, we'll start with you. Uh, about another three or four years because, you know, I bought a PS4 back, you know, almost what, eight or nine years ago, which that's, that's a good lifetime for a console. Like I literally just got the switch. It literally just came out in 2017. Why do I have to buy another console from Nintendo? Like, why can't they develop something right the first time? That's where I'm at on that. Well, I mean, think of it kind of like a Nintendo Switch Pro in the same vein as an Xbox One X or a PlayStation 4 Pro, where it's probably not going to be like a full-on next-gen system, but a up like a better version of the one that's out now. What I've seen from them do that, like when you had like the new 3DS, is they make things that are console-specific to that. So it puts you in a position where you have to buy it. It's not like, you know, you don't you don't have to buy a PS4 Pro. Right. You know, whatever they release, you can do that. But there were some titles, for instance, like the um uh there was like like Super Punch Out would not play on a 3DS. You had to have the new 3DS to be able to purchase that through the store. And there were some other things too. So they still painted people in a corner where to get a full benefit of something, they had to buy that console. And this is something that I just, I absolutely hate about Nintendo. So I, there's really nothing that they could do console-wise because I think their biggest problem is they don't have the type of third-party support to really, you know, push their system along that well to even make people want to buy a new one unless you're just a diehard Nintendo fan. I think they need to fix what's broken first, and I think I think they need to develop more software for their consoles instead of just trying to pump out, you know, a console again that 
I don't know. I just I saw that article and it ticked me off because I was like, you know, well, because I'm seeing more and more Nintendo's just like a money grab type deal where it's just it's gimmicky and I don't know. I'm I'm not happy at all with the idea of a new Switch this soon, especially if they're gonna make it one of those situations where like you have to have it to get the benefit of certain things. I actually don't think it's going to be a new system. I think it's going to be a new dock. And I think even I and even Richard might even be okay with that, but I know I would be happy with that because, I mean, I'm actually comfortably happy with the resolution on, on the screen itself while I'm in handheld mode. It's it's when I want to play on a bigger screen that I'm a little, it's a little bit lackluster. And I think we've already seen a third-party um, answer to this. It's called the M-Classic HDMI Upscaler. And it does okay for the money but what if you had something that was developed in-house using dlss support to actually use ai to upscale all the graphics then you wouldn't need a new console so do you think like what you're saying is pretty much like having a dock with an external gpu in it to upscale the graphics or do not a gpu not 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 gpu but uh like tegra cores it's gonna have ai okay okay all right, so Richard, what about that? What if it's not a new system, but a new dock that you maybe you have to pay? Like, I think the dock currently is like 80 bucks. So what if it was like 100, 120, but it, you got it and it was just made everything you have currently work better than it did now? I would be okay with that. I just, I know that with what the Switch has done so far, I would not be in the market to buy another new Nintendo console. Not from what I've gotten so far from my, the Switch. My biggest takeaways with the the announcement, other than like, you know, when it, I kind of like the way Michael's going with it about it being, you know, a better dock. Uh, personally, you know, the things that I would just wish, because, you know, I'm a first, like an early adopter of the Switch. So I've got the old Switch, which has got like a three hour battery in it. Um, I've thought many times about upgrading to the newer one that has an eight hour battery in it, but I can't make myself do it. So if they bring that battery over with, or maybe even make it better, um, it comes with 128 gigs of storage built into it instead of 32 gigs of flash memory. Love that. And um, well, this is kind of like the last two, I guess. Uh, a better screen. I would like to see 1080p handheld and 4K docked. And maybe they do put the eight hour battery in it, but by the time you upscale the screen resolution, you only get five hours, but you know, whatever. And no Joy-Con drift. Like, fix the freaking Joy-Cons, for the love of God. Like, if that's the way that they want to do it, where they're like, here's a Nintendo Switch Pro. It doesn't have joy, uh, breakable Joy-Cons in it. You know, sign me up. Because <laughs> right. sick of buying Joy-Cons. I've only had to buy one extra pair, and that's enough. After my uh, little bit of tinkering with it, it's it's both a software and a hardware problem. So they can't exactly roll out an update because it's also, like I said, it's also hardware-based. Um, some people are getting their Joy-Cons dirty, but some people who have perfectly fine Joy-Cons are still having that drift. And I found out it actually has to do a little bit with a chip that's right beside the the joystick itself is actually causing some interference, even when you calibrate it. You know, also, what if, you know, so we've got the Nintendo Switch and we've got the Nintendo Switch Lite. What if they did like a specific version of the Switch that was just a home console? 
and like yeah, and like you could put the game cards in it, or you could just download it. Maybe it's the same size as the dock. Maybe it's smaller. Um, but it's it is only we'll like a that. TV mm. component. I don't think we'll see that until the end of life. Okay. Kind of like they did with the Wii Mini, which was pointless and stupid, but they still made it. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. It's it's it'd be interesting. Um, we'll obviously have more to talk about that. You know, going forward, maybe that's what keeps next gen Newsweek alive. Whenever the next gen systems are out, so we don't have to call ourselves current gen Newsweek <laughs> or mobile game Newsweek. Because. <laughs> That's going to become a problem come November that we'll have to deal with. Um, if you have new name suggestions for our podcast, please leave them in the comments on a Twitter thread. I'm sure I'll post that somewhere. All right. And that's all the news. And, you know, we're going to run a little over an hour today, but uh, we'll go ahead and just jump right into what games we're playing. So, uh, Michael, take it away. What are you what are you playing this week? I actually started diving back into uh, Temtem. Uh Still pleasantly surprised with like the in-game graphics and stuff. I think they've actually increased the increase the graphics, and the uh, uh, FPS is pretty nice too. Is it hitting sixty or is it thirty? Uh, I'm hitting regular ninety. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Sweet. All right, uh, Richard, what are you up to? I am like two trophies away from my Sekiro Platinum, so I'm hopefully I can wrap that up, and then I got to finish Doom. Because I I got so involved in Sekiro that I kind of put that to the wayside again, and then after that I don't know. Paper Mario. I don't know. Paper. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I never count. I never count that as games I'm currently playing. I don't know. I guess it's because I consider that a handheld. But I do need to get back into Paper because you keep telling me about the. I don't know if it's a spoiler. Uh, the Water Temple boss. We'll just do it that way. Yeah. And I'm at it. I am at it. I just I haven't done it yet, the, but I am. The water temple in that game, it, it's a lot smaller, obviously, than like Ocarina of Time's water temple, but it feels like Ocarina of Time's water temple. Like it. Yeah, I liked it. I, I really did. It's great. Uh, that's actually the only game I've been playing is Paper Mario. Uh, if you uh, were on Twitch at all from uh, Sunday night through Tuesday, you'll know that because I was doing a third shift stint at work making myself stay up all night. I streamed Paper Mario on three different occasions for five hours at a time. <laughs> not even paying attention that I was streaming for five hours. I was just trying to knock out a whole uh, ribbon at a time. And now I am uh, right at the gates of the last area where the um, the green ribbon is. If the color is a spoiler, I'm sorry, but that's the green ribbon. Um, having a blast with it. It's only gotten better as time goes on and I'm probably going to play it. Um, I don't know when I'm, I'm going to be playing this new game called fall guys on stream uh, tonight when it unlocks and tomorrow, um, which you can, you know, watch me on Twitch at Meachflow uh, If you want to watch that, but um, before we close up, we're going to go over the results of the poll from last week and start a new poll. So the poll last week was, what next-gen gaming console are you picking up on launch day? Answer is obviously Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, both systems, and neither. And going from lowest to highest, 6.1% said both systems, 12.1% said neither, 24.2% said Xbox Series X, and 57.6% said PlayStation 5. 
just to read off a couple of comments on this, uh, Mathrack underscore XBL on Twitter said that he'll be going with the Xbox first, waiting until Horizon 2 is released to get a PlayStation 5. Nothing at launch currently for the PlayStation 5 that he's interested in, except a few third-party games, but those games will look and play better on the Series X. And also, uh, Clinton, who is at DDG Podcast, he said he answered neither, but honestly, that is just because of not having the money saved for probably game on PC and wait to see how both consoles perform, but he is excited for Resident Evil Village and Halo Infinite for sure. Are you guys surprised by the poll results, or is that the way you thought it was going to go? Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised most of our viewers are smart. <laughs> Compared to last week when y'all thought they were just traitors and you didn't understand them. You know, but I do think that's really weird how, you know, the polls show that more people are excited for Halo, but then more people want to buy PS5. For the record, Halo Infinite is not on PlayStation 5, guys. So, you know, you got to get your priorities yeah. straightened out. Yeah. <laughs> make, sure we, make sure we know that. So Yeah. All right, and as for a poll that's going to be uh, starting tonight, the poll question is going to be, what current game that has come out this year has been your favorite game that you've played so far? I'm going to post a couple of uh, choices in there, but obviously if it's not one that you uh, like, you can obviously uh, comment below with your answer, and we'll factor it in. Um, Just a couple of uh, big games that have come out this year so far. Uh, The Last of Us Part II, Ghost of Tsushima, Paper Mario, The Origami King, Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. No Man's Sky came out with a major update. No Man's Sky came out again for the fourth year in a (laughs) row. Um, Oh, I've been playing Animal Crossing too. I forgot to mention that. There's, There's been an update where you can actually see other people's islands now without having to go through the whole where you have to talk to them and get a code or open up your island, you can go into like a dreamlike state and visit other people's islands. So I think that's cool. Sweet. All right. So let's go ahead and plug some socials and get out of here. Michael, we'll start with you. You want to plug anything? Um, Nothing really major. Um, uh, I'll keep y'all updated on my, on my regular posts with uh, um, open box tech deals, but nothing really major this week. All right, Richard, what about you? I know we've um, we have new software. We've done a lot of testing as far as video goes, and we are happy with the way it looks. I've got a new mic coming in, a clip-on mic. So hopefully, we're going to get to filming again uh, next week. So new videos soon afterward, and it's board game breakdown. Unfortunately, um, I do not clip on. Dang. <laughs> well, you know, in my in my first videos, it's basically an iPhone mic that I have like used masking tape to kind of bunch together, and then I clip with safety pins. Oh my god, it, it takes like ten minutes oh, just to get that together, and the sound quality is not even that great. So I don't know. I, I did a little research. I looked at the different mics and their prices and the kind of reviews they got. Now, hopefully, I've got one that's. Um, it's going to really broadcast my voice on those videos. And uh, we, we're doing green screen work now. And uh, that's really, really good. I love the way it looks because in my first videos, you can see that it's actually the entryway of my home. I'm sitting in an <laughs> armchair. And I got the idea because every time Chris Pratt does like a video, He's always sitting in his chair and his, the backdrop is somewhere in his house. It just looks awesome, but it does not work for what I want to work, what I want to do it for. 
So what I ended up doing is one day I took every single one of my board games out and it fell twice. It was very frustrating, but I built an entire wall of board games. And then I took a picture. I kind of Photoshopped it to clean it up a little bit. And then that's actually the backdrop of when I'm talking and you'll be able to see it when I put my, my next video out, but it, it works a lot better than just my front door <laughs> as a backdrop. <laughs> Come inside. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. All right. And if you want to keep track of anything I'm doing, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Meech flow. Um, also on Twitch, which, you know, live streams, not regularly because work is weird and uh, my schedule is always changing. But uh, if you subscribe to me, you will always get notifications about when I'm going live. And uh, we're going to be doing lots of Fall Guys gameplay tonight and uh, going forward into the, the weeks ahead. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with hopefully some uh, PlayStation 4 and 5 news and depending on whatever else happens. But we'll see you then. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by a tiny Asian man that can live in your pocket. He's slightly angry all the time. Is he? <laughs> he is. <laughs> oh, boy.